everybody, and welcome to the Medevac Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Myers, joined by our other host, David Reed. Hello, everybody. Before we hop into today's episode, please keep in mind there's a price for the show. You have to share it or interact with it in some fashion. So hit that button, share it with some people, and uh, let us know what you think about it. Ask questions. We have an amazing guest today, our very first Vietnam veteran. Yeah, please welcome Jesse Herrera to the show. Hi, everybody. Thank you for being here, Jesse. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, man. So Jesse Uh, was a uh, Marine uh, combat veteran in Vietnam from 65 to 69. Uh, He's been combat injured twice, actually returned to Vietnam after an injury. And we're going to dive into that a little bit today. All right. Oh, man. First and foremost, I got to preface this show by saying how amazing it is to have a Vietnam vet. Those who have just set the precedence of how our modern day military is treated because of the the horrendous conditions they had when they came back home. And fought in. And two, it's very, very difficult for our Vietnam veterans to talk about their past experiences because they were... Uh, they were accepted that way. You know, they were, they were treated so poorly. So naturally they don't want to talk, talk about it. Right. So welcome. And thank you so much for coming onto this show and just sharing. I know it's difficult at times, but it sounds to me like you're, you're, you're pumped and ready to, to share this message with everybody. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here. I, uh, I, and you're right. I, I don't know many Vietnam veterans even 50 years later that uh, uh, talk much about the war. Mm. There, there's really not much to talk about, you know. And uh, I see and I feel uh, that uh, I'm one of them, uh, much more comfortable uh, discussing war-related topics and stories with other combat vets. Mm. Uh, even... Vietnam vets who never who didn't see combat uh, hard to talk to them also yeah. uh, they 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 just don't uh, no combat veterans are brothers it's like a brotherhood strong bond there that we don't have with uh Veterans who've never seen combat, and that's not anything negative about vets who didn't. That's that's just the way combat vets go about their business. It's uh, they can relate to others, but not all. Mm. Yeah, veterans. So uh, yeah, I, I don't mind. Uh, uh, I'm I'm at a point in my life where I can uh, finally. Uh, uh, Open up, open up about talking about the war experience, mm. and uh, without getting too specific or going into details, man, we keep it kind of general. Uh, well, today good. I might have to challenge you, okay, to get a little bit more detailed if okay, you can. All right. But if it's too much, like I said, tell oh. me to shut up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go to the beginning. You know, nine. 1965. Okay. Okay. How did you perceive the military at that time? And how did you find yourself enlisting? I, uh, I grew up watching John Wayne and, and, uh, <laughs> and playing war in the backyard and stuff. And, uh, I seen all the, uh, patriotic world war two movie and films. I, I, uh, 
I, I looked at the military as as uh, as I looked up to him. Yeah, I, I I respected him, and uh, really, I I uh, as far as enlisting, I was out of high school. I was in loose ends. I uh, wasn't going to continue my education. Uh, had a dead end job. Mm. I uh, I didn't have a plan for for my life. I didn't have a trade. I really just kind of floating along mm. and I I uh I saw these uh I uh saw these posters and advertisements for uh uh for the navy and uh join the navy and see the world and exotic <laughs> yeah. ports and all this stuff man and it really sounded good to a 19 year old you know plus it would get me out of Texas and I had I'd been as far as Louisiana, and that was it. And so uh, I, uh, I, at the time, Vietnam hadn't started or had, hadn't kicked up heavy. Uh, I I was in boot camp. I, I just enlisted to to uh, learn a trade, uh, possibly further my education down the road, mm-hmm. but. Really, I just wanted some excitement, <laughs> and uh, I thought the military would provide it, and uh, and and I enlisted four year term. I was in boot camp. I enlisted in fe- February of sixty five, and I was in boot camp when LBJ committed and sent the Marines to Vietnam. Mm. So, uh, you know, I, that was March. I forget. But that was a surprise to you then. So oh, like here yeah, was a peacetime just, environment. Yeah. And then all of a sudden in boot camp, you're getting told you're going to Vietnam? Everybody was, everybody knew they were going there. Wow. And uh, so- What every, was the general feeling that everybody had? Well, people joined the Marine Corps because they're, they're tough. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they think they are. And, and uh, <laughs> they, they, they want to get out there and-, and uh, and and play war and sure. and uh, uh, so everybody was motivated. Yeah, yeah, and and the Marine Corps eats it up. They they they, they train you uh, uh, in all forms of killing, mm. and and that they 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 don't don't uh, step around it. And and it it is about killing the enemy before they kill you, mm-hmm. and 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 give the enemy an opportunity. To die for their country, and 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 you stay living, you know. And, oh, and, fucking Christ! So, uh, yeah, yeah. Let Marine Corps that. Uh, to give the enemy an opportunity to die for their country. For their country, that's correct. Wow, that is yeah. well, that is gracious yeah. of the Marine Corps. <laughs> I, I, I always thought so. Uh, Marine Corps always. Said, Marine Corps. I'm just saying, little war is better than no war at all. They they they. they <laughs> They they train the mind, yeah, to, to they that mindset. They do that they, uh, to be a killer. Yeah, you, you're 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 either going to kill people or they're going to kill you. Mm, and yeah. and uh, all the training was geared to that. Uh, and uh, how did you feel? Invincible? Uh, well, I, I didn't feel that way when I joined, but uh, yeah, I uh, uh, when I came out. 
the uh uh I was feeling that way. Hmm. Uh I thought uh the Marine Corps told me that uh there wasn't a motherfucker walking on this planet uh that was better than a U- US Marine and uh and I believed it and uh I lived it and and uh, I've never looked back from that. Uh uh as far as uh um uh, fighting forces I think the uh Marine Corps is the finest fighting force in the world. And and we and all Marines believe that. Yeah. And uh it's it, uh it really uh hard to to beat us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and it, it's it's <laughs> I see the technology, the advancements over the last fifty years, mm. and uh, how 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 to kill people in all sorts of creative ways <laughs> these days. <laughs> and uh, I think back, and I we would have loved to have had some of the toys <laughs> that the military has today. So uh, the toys are pretty nice. <laughs> they are, and they yeah. make your job a lot easier. It oh, makes yeah. It easier yeah. to kill people, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's talk. 1965, you know, boot camp is going on at the height. You know you're going to war. You're getting that general consensus of invincibility and mm-hmm. Marine Corps spirit to go mm-hmm. crush the enemy and give them a chance to die for their country, right. which right. is incredible. How fast did you find yourself in Vietnam? It um, took me a while. I I, I went a state or next at, at the time. Marine boot camp was sixteen weeks, and uh, I stayed an extra two weeks and uh, worked the targets on the shooting range. Uh, you know, putting them up, pulling them down, and uh, did that for two weeks. Uh, came out a thirty day leave, and. Um, Went to Camp Pendleton, and at at the time, um, the Fifth Marine Division had been deactivated after. I'm not really sure if it was World War II or Korea, but it wasn't uh, an active Marine Division, and they were in the process of reforming it up and getting more more bodies for Vietnam. So uh, uh, I was sent to Pendleton as part of that rebuilding the third, the fifth and spent months at Camp Pendleton mm. training in all phases of, of, uh, of, uh, of, I guess you'd call it war. It was like we... It was a we, crash uh, course to get ready for the environment that you're about to get in. Yeah, not so much the environment, but the tactics. Mm. Tactics. And uh, and uh, and and how to go how how to best uh, how to best go about it. Uh, we we trained on assault boats, mm. uh, climbing up and down and outside of a ship on these road nets. Um, it, it just uh, got the feel of riding in helicopters quite often. Um, it, it just uh, Marine Corps runs everywhere. A lot of running, a lot of training, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, three-mile run before breakfast, uh, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and um, so they toughened you up. Did you ever find yourself running three miles? <laughs> in, in, no. three uh, all the time. You know, <laughs> my mind saying, man, we don't, 
got to run there. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You do. But uh, yeah, so so it it took me about 15 months after I enlisted to, uh, no, it's more like a year and a half. Okay. Before I got to Vietnam, I, I, I landed, we went over two battalions of the fifth, the first two battalions of the 5th Marine Division since World War II, uh, 126 and 226, the 26th Marine Regiment, two battalions. And uh, we went over, it was like, uh, I went with 226. It was a 17-ship convoy. And we took everything with us, hmm. uh, the, even the kitchen sink. Man, it was artillery, uh, the medical, the... Uh, Transportation, the uh, uh, the infantry units, uh, tanks, everything, hmm. everything that was belonged to the battalion went with us, and uh, we got to. Uh, I landed in Vietnam in July of '66. Okay, so it was like um, about a year and a half. So where did you land? I landed in Da Nang. They uh, immediately. Uh, they they detached me from 226, the guys I'd been training with and everything, and uh, sent me to the transit barracks uh, there in Da Nang for the Marine Transit Barracks and uh, spent three days there and uh, received orders that uh, sent me to the 1st Battalion, 3rd Marines. Hmm. And uh, so... And I caught the tail end of Operation Hastings in uh, July of uh, 66. And um, been in country maybe 10, 11 days before I saw combat. So before you get into the combat, yes, I just want to kind of go over the feelings that you were experiencing. Landing on the beach to a very, very foreign country, knowing what you're about to get into, what was that energy like? I was scared. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And and not 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 to the point to where it was paralyzing fear. But uh it, it was it was it was fear, I guess, more of the unknown than anything. Mm. Uh I didn't know what 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 was gonna happen, where I was gonna go, what what you know, I Fear, confusion. Oh yeah, yeah. People yeah. yelling at you. Yeah, you know, all the time. And uh, the the thought I remember that one thought going through my mind was that uh, uh, we were on uh, uh, on on the deck of the ship the night before we landed, and uh, we 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 went ashore in the morning. But the night before, you'd see the tracer rounds and you. Here, the you see the explosions and stuff, and I the thought went through my mind. I I sure would hate to die in this place, you know. But uh, yeah. other than that, there wasn't an overwhelming fear of anything. It was just uh, fear anxious, of anxious to get to a unit and to uh, get it going. Yeah, that fear can keep you alive, though, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Healthy fear of yes, yes. What's going to happen? That that'll, yeah. that'll help save your life at some points. The 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 longer 
I was there. Uh, we over time you develop a sense. It's like uh, uh, the the hairs on the back of your neck. Oh yeah, would stand up uh, or like static electricity, mm-hmm. and you just knew they were there. Or something's coming. Uh, everything went high alert mentally and and, and physically. And uh, that that was developed over time, but uh, those instincts are yes. few and far between nowadays. Yeah. Uh, you know, humans don't really experience that anymore. So, ten, eleven days. Yeah. Then you get your first combat experience, mm-hmm. and walk us through the beginning of that. Like, where did you find yourself? Was it on patrol? What was the mission objective? Like, what was the spin up for that? I. I I joined Alpha Company, uh, 2nd Platoon, and towards the tail end of an operation. They, they, they had, um, captured, uh, just a ton of weapons and, and, uh, supplies of all kinds. And, uh, it was like, uh, wasn't a mopping up type of operation. It was more like the enemy was, on the run and retreating, and 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 we were like, like chasing them. Hmm. So, what was your consensus of the enemy at this time? What was your perception of them? I, uh, I, it, it was turned on its end. <laughs> Before I got there, I, I, my image of the enemy was these guys in black pajamas and these bamboo cone heads, <laughs> and. Uh, and uh, when when uh, we were operating in Icor, which is a northern um, area of Vietnam, mm-hmm. and up there there was no uh, guys in black pajamas. It was uh, well trained, well equipped North Vietnamese regular army troops. Mm-hmm. Packs, boots, uh, relentless. Yes, yeah, yeah. Very hard fight, and con- and conditioned. Yeah, almost yeah. very similarly to the Marine Corps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, 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 uh, they were hard fighters. I, I, the thing that impressed me about them, and it sticks in my mind to this day, is how fast they moved. Man, hmm. they, they were on you before you even knew it. It was like they move real quick. I think they weren't carrying all the gear that we were. Also home field uh, advantage, you know. Yeah, know. yeah. And, and, and they just, uh, they, they, their speed just overwhelmed you. They were on you before you could get set, you know, and, and uh, that was, uh, but my, my, my Im- image, my concept of the idea changed radically from somebody who we could, would be Easily disposed of uh, to somebody that's not going to lay down for us and sure. and uh, fight you tooth and nail and and uh, I uh, I will say that I I I had to respect that. I mean, I if I didn't, uh, I wasn't. If I didn't, I could very easily get complacent and lose my. Life. I had to always be aware that I'm fighting a well-trained, well-disciplined, well-equipped 
army mm. and uh, who has modern tactics, uh, just like we do. And uh, it it, uh, it was a uh, it was an eye opening uh, experience. I, I my image, my idea of the enemy it just was turned over on its end. Uh, we were in for a fight. Hmm. And uh, I'd, I hadn't looked at it that way before uh, that first contact. Yeah, but, you know. that's incredible. When you did stop and, and recognize the enemy for what they were, did that, did that adjust your feeling about being there? Did that, did that change your, your perception of... Well, it didn't matter what I felt. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't going anywhere. And uh, we 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 just uh, did what we were trained to do, mm-hmm. and uh, more importantly, what we were told to do. Sure. And and uh, Marine Corps has uh, their tactics down pat, and uh, we we just need to stay alive long enough to follow them. Mm-hmm. And um, and and that was basically it. It was just. Staying alive one more day, you know, and 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 uh, it, and but it it uh, it it never got to the point. We and, and I will say this: I I was scared a lot of the time, mm. but it was never a paralyzing fear. It was like uh, I I needed to have that fear uh, to make me more more uh, alert, more aware, more, more. Less complacent. Yeah. Yeah. Less complacent. Yeah. Yeah, You use the fear to your advantage. Yeah. And, and, and the thing about that is, is there there was that anxious feeling and and, and that uh, little bit of fear mixed in with it uh, before any contact. But once the initial contact was made, all of that disappeared and 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 you pretty much ran on automatic, and uh, what the what the what the um, uh, NCOs were yelling at you, man, move up on the left, do this, do that, uh, take that, you know, it's, it's just pretty much rope. Hmm. You know, we were trained for this. Let's 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 do it. And uh, but but that fear and uh, anxiety and all of that pretty much. Goes away with that initial blast of enemy fire, man. You know, it absolutely. Just, yeah, it, it it doesn't. You know, and let's 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 get this done. Let's get them out of the way. Let's, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, uh, it's a motivator. Absolutely. You know, get him before he gets you. <laughs> so, and, uh, eleven days. Which More or less. Is, I, I, this is a quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My memory's kind of hazy on... You on, know what? We're not going to hold that against you. We'll <laughs> say, uh, you know, I'm going to stick to that. 11 days is pretty good. Okay. That's, that's pretty quick. So we're cha- we, we think we're chasing the enemy after, after finding a cache of weapons and other equipment. Mm-hmm. And I mean, man, that must have been pretty powerful too. You're like, we have the enemy on the run. Oh, right. no, we don't. No, we don't. Oh, yeah. no, we don't. So let's... Yeah, well, before I go on to that, man, one of the things that uh, that we captured were medical supplies, and, and there were like pallets hmm. 
medical, lots of medical supplies, and and they were all labeled uh, and stamped with the uh, uh, National Liberation Front out of Berkeley, California. So uh, I, I I've always I, I will never forgive and, and or forget uh, the the um, anti-war people here uh, in the states giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Uh, that that uh, that was an eye opener. But but yeah. So so you're saying that there was people in your own country that were supporting the enemy. There were, was essentially driving, driving them to take more American lives. That was the impression I got. Yeah, uh, from what I saw, That's horrendous. Yeah, I can't yeah. imagine that feeling when when yeah. you put two and two together and you realize that yeah. other Americans are are supporting the people that you're currently fighting. Yeah. I yeah. can't imagine what that feels like. You felt betrayed. You felt betrayed when you saw that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I. It reinforced a, a, a belief, yeah, that I had about the uh, anti-war uh, movement, and 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 they they they, they uh, that was part and parcel of of, of their um, activities mm. was was supplying uh, uh, moral support as well as material support. That would never ever fly nowadays. I would hope not, yeah. I would yeah. hope not, too. Yeah. I would hope and, not. And uh, I don't know what, what what became of that or what the consequences were for the National Liberation Front, but from what I, from what I learned is that not much. You know, the, the, that movement pretty much took over the opinion of the, everyday person and more people join that uh, uh, thinking of uh, anti-war and uh, it just built moment and uh, they were on a roll mm. and, uh, and and I think that's what fed some of the animosity towards the troops when we returned, you know? Yeah. I, I think that was a big part of it. Yeah. The uh, anti-war people. Mm. So you see that medical supplies, you're kind of shaken by it. What's next? We, uh, uh, the operation in, enemies on the run. We can't find them anymore. They disappeared. Um, we, uh, we go back to Da Nang and, uh, we're, we're just, just north of Da Nang at High Van Pass. It's a location there. And, uh, July, August, September. Uh, within two months, they 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 load us on uh, on uh, big six by trucks, and uh, we drive down to the air base, the Air Force base at Da Nang, and uh, they we we get uh, that we get on board C one thirty sixes, and uh, it's stripped down one thirty six. There's nothing inside it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no benches, no seats, no nothing, and and uh, we're 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 carrying all your seven eighty two gear, all your combat gear, weapons, everything. And they drop the ramp, and you walk in there, and you you squat, um, 
and 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 the guy behind, you know, we just fill up the plane, uh, three or four lines of Marines squatting. Your knees are touching the pack of the guy in front of you mm-hmm. and the guy's knees behind you uh, just packed like sardines. <laughs> and uh, we take off and uh, flew up north. We were on, uh, you, you never know, uh, they never tell you where you're going or what's ahead or, or it's, it's a surprise when you get it's there. You feel but, like a body. You just got to feel like a body. A sardine, <laughs> literally. <laughs> So uh, we found out we we were we were on Operation Prairie, and uh, that was uh, up until then. I think that was the bloodiest fighting that the Marine Corps had seen there. Man, they, that was the battle for the rock pile and uh, surrounding areas. Uh, had a real good friend that uh, his name was Ronnie St. John out of somewhere in Maine. And uh, with it, three days of landing and 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 trying to take the rock pile, he was dead, and it and that really hit me hard because first of all, he was a good friend, and and uh, and second, I I I I'd, I'd seen death. But never someone close to me, mm-hmm, sure. and uh, it kind of shook me up. And and and, but this was another part of the education <laughs> that I received there. Uh, you, it's I could not afford to take the t- time to grieve, cry, or or you know reminisce about Ronnie because. Uh, if you start doing that, you'll be the next casualty. Mm-hmm. You had to focus on what was going on around you, mm-hmm. and 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 if you if you come back to missing him, or, yeah, that would all come later. I I learned I, I never knew it till years after I was back, but uh, I learned how to detach and compartmentalize. And 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 it was and and we got I got so good at it. That that is extremely difficult to feel. So once, was, once I made it back here, so did that make it difficult for you to connect to other Marines? Well, yes, yes, it did. I, I, uh, and but doesn't matter uh, what or how difficult it is. You find yourself in situations where you c- cannot help. But draw closer to you, these uh, your buddies, yeah, yeah. and and uh, they're you know you're tight. You depend on one another, and and uh, and and it was it's it's uh, easy enough just to say you know don't get close to somebody, but it just reality doesn't work that way. Uh, we're close to all of them, to each other. Hmm. That's got to be. Yeah, something pretty hard to deal with initially, and and you're you only there for two months at this point, right? Yeah, or before yeah. you yeah. lost Ronnie. Yeah, I mean, having that be your very first experience experiences there has got to be pretty difficult to navigate through. But like you said, you don't have time to stop. And I never dealt with it. Yeah, I, you know, you put it aside. You 
detached from that. Yeah. There, there was a saying over there, you, it, don't, it don't mean nothing. Everybody said that. Mm. It don't mean nothing. You're standing next to me and you, you get blown away. It don't mean nothing. You know, and it could have been your best friend and it don't mean nothing. It means something further down the road. But at the time, you know. It's, just you, so, you, it's so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just lost buddies left and right. And you had to get used to that was day to day. Yeah. Yeah. You just, it, that made it extremely difficult when I got back to, uh, uh, to, uh, to feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just, I mean, there was, after you've experienced sheer absolute terror, Nothing back here can, can, is is gonna get you excited. It, it was it was hard to feel, hmm. uh, uh, hard to express emotion. Yes. Um, never talked about feelings. Never talked about the experience. And if you did, you needed to suck it up and rub some dirt on. That's huh? it. That's it. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, that that uh, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, that was uh, I I uh, I was hit on uh, same uh, mission. Was this the same mission? Same operation? No, 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 no. This was a couple months later. I was shot. Uh, there was a, uh, an operation. Well, it wasn't an operation. It was like uh, we moved from Prairie. Boarded the planes and and they they, they flew us to Quezon, and uh, and and from Quezon we moved out and occupied uh, the surrounding hills that overlooked the airstrip. Eight eighty one south, eight eighty one north, and eight sixty one were the hills, and uh, that was called the hill fights, and. Uh, uh, dug in, uh, determined enemy, uh, took six days to take those three hills and, um, 1600 Marine Corps casualties in six days. There's some brutal fighting. Wow. And, uh, and we, we, uh, I, uh, stated at, uh, I, uh, I was flown, I was medevac to Dong Ha as Charlie Med, uh, big field hospital. And it was like, uh, uh, it was like that old program, MASH. Uh, I mean, there wasn't a wooden structure in the place. I'm coming in on a, on, on a medevac chopper and I'm, I could see us, you know, below and, and there was green canvas tents everywhere, man. And, uh, it was a monsoon season, and uh, everything is mud, mud, you know. And and uh, they were using wooden pallets, as sidewalks to connect the tents. Yeah. And and uh, and I'm, I remember the chopper hitting the LZ, and uh, uh, you know, Corman running up and grabbing the 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 canvas stretcher I was on, and they take off running, and I could hear them. I could hear their boots hitting the wooden pallets. You know? And and they 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 uh they ran and ducked and and uh, finally ducked into a, a 
a tent and uh, took the uh, the stretcher with me on it, uh, uh, just canvas and wooden handle. And I set that between two sawhorses and uh, and they went to work on me right there. Where the, were you uh, shot? That was, that was a Charlie Med at Dong Ha. Where on your body were you shot? Oh, I was hitting the right thigh. And, and, and it was a blessing that uh, I, it was through and through. It didn't hit the bone. Oh, wow. If it hit the bone, it got me a stateside wound. I'd have, I'd have, I'd have, I'd have been useless. Uh, so, uh, but I was hit with the tracer I'm round. I'm sorry. You said that's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> that you didn't get sent home. Well, I, I, take I a didn't. Take a moment and I'd, remind the audience that he said he got lucky because yeah. he wanted to be with his boys. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to leave my buddies, and and uh, but oh. I sit with the tracer round, and and what that oh, did, God. yeah, what what that, what that did was it it was through and through, and it cauterized everything on the way through oh, no. to where I didn't bleed very much, which was a which was a blessing, you know, and uh, so from they, I spent the night there, Charlie Med, they they debrided the wound, cleaned it up, patched it up. Next morning, another C-136. This one just stacked about six high with uh, with these canvas uh, uh, stretchers. Mm-hmm. And it was full of casualties, all, all, all kinds of, of, of uh, people missing art. I mean, people seriously wounded, man. And they flew us down to Da Nang, and um, the, they... Uh, they didn't send me to the hospital there. They, um, uh, they, an ambulance took me over to an LZ. They loaded me on a chopper and uh, flew out to the uh, USS Repos. It was a hospital ship, a Navy hospital ship. Mm-hmm. They cruised up and down the coast of Vietnam and, and uh, took on casualties. Okay. And, uh, uh, at the time, state of the art ORs, operating room, no sawhorses, none of this stuff. Plus, they had round-eyed American women uh, nurses, <laughs> and uh, so I—I I, uh, that's where I uh, recuperated. I was there five weeks, and um, after five weeks, they—they uh, they sailed into the Subic Bay in the Philippines to resupply the ship. And I was there three days and they flew me back to Da Nang. And um, so uh, I, 3rd Marine Division headquarters was based in Da Nang when I, when I got in country. And when I returned, they had been moved up to Fubai, uh, further north. And the 1st Marine Division had moved up from July to Da Nang. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think at the time, Army units might have been taking some of that responsibility further south, but uh, we had it all the way to the DMZ. So um, I get to Fubai. I uh, I wanted to get back to my, you know, my buddies, my unit, and uh, found out that I did not have a unit. It, it, there was a one three on paper, but uh, physically, in reality, they that 
you know, that had been decimated. It pretty much been wiped out. And uh, they were, the battalion itself was on Okinawa, picking up replacements and training them at that uh, northern training area there in Okinawa. So uh, I didn't have a unit. And uh, I uh, went to uh, 3rd Recon Battalion. And uh, uh, Marine Recon is kind of like the Special Ops mm. uh, uh, part of the of the Marine Corps. Yes. And and uh and and it was it was man so different. <laughs> and uh and and I I uh it's, it's strange to say but uh the the uh, that excitement the adrenaline rushing through you the the all, all of that uh was I kind of liked it, you know, and uh, that's that's uh, I, I don't know what that says about me, but uh, I fit right into recon. And, it says uh, that you're a marine, and two, tell tell us how that changed that experience changed for you from going from regular marines to recon marines. Well, it, it, you know, uh, with with the grunts or regular marines, um, it, it was like y'all always had this support mm-hmm. you know and and you could you could march through the boonies and make noise flatten trees do you know talk loud uh in and and it wouldn't if if you ran if the enemy hit you then that's what they were looking for and hoping for mm-hmm. uh, because they call in all this superior firepower Artillery, uh, 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 fighter jets, uh, air support, uh, and just really do a job on the enemy. Mm-hmm. In recon, uh, you work with five man teams. You got all painted up, uh, war paint we call it, and um, and and you you didn't wear hel- helmets, flag jackets, or any of that. It was a bush hat and and no ar- no armor. And uh, and and you uh, were inserted and extracted. Uh, you uh, uh, were inserted uh, deep in Indian country, no friendly units around of any kind, and and uh, just the five of you guys. And you 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 had a mission. You you were briefed on it, and uh, you went ahead and did it, and. Uh, uh, whatever it took, five, six days, you uh, call for an extraction and they'd come pick you up. Well, can you walk us through a memorable operation? Well, I only went on Prairie and Hastings. And it was a tail end of Hastings. I caught all, all of Prairie. There was a residential unit citation for Prairie. It was brutal fighting. But uh, so those are only two operations. Um, Recon didn't have uh, big offenses like that. Uh, They they were, uh, our our biggest weapon in Recon was stealth. Mm -hmm. And and there's five of you guys. And uh, if they 
if they find you, if they know you're out there, they're going to come after you. And it's, it, I mean, so you know, strictly sabotage type operations, right? Where you go in, dismantle enemy equipment. And, well, you know, I, I, you know, I can't say a whole lot about it, but no, no, we didn't. That was World War II stuff. We 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 were into um, uh, reconnaissance, hmm. uh, 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 tracking down enemy units, okay, gauging their strength, okay, uh, noting their coordinates, yeah, and so uh, artillery or air support, air power could be called in, but uh, uh, it 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 moved into really dark air areas. Um, at the time, CIA would recruit from the ranks of recon, mm-hmm. and uh, and if you were chosen, we never saw you again. But but they were into uh, really scary stuff. Yeah, and uh, Sog Mac V. Yeah, yeah, and there was a program, the Phoenix program. You'll never see it anywhere. Nobody talked about it. The officers, it wasn't on any, it wasn't a paper trail. The Phoenix Project was uh, that that run assassination teams. And uh, nobody wanted to admit to that, you know. Sure. Uh, If this came up, I'd say, I just made this up, you know, uh, because... uh, ain't, like, ain't no one going to come after you at this point in time. <laughs> Dec- declassified at this point, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so with recon, it was like it was uh, uh, it was all about stealth. Mm-hmm. You didn't talk out there. It was all hand signals. Uh, you uh, and and it was real funny when you going in in an insertion. You get you, you got all your gear. You, you know you you. Uh, we had a mound of dirt. You get up there and you jump around, and anything rattled or made noise, you jump you know, test. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when we were ready, we 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 we'd head for the choppers, and uh, get on board. Uh, our 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 taxis were Chinooks, CH forty sixes, and that dropped that ramp. That those little choppers with the porthole windows, mm-hmm. and. Um, they dropped the ramp. We'd walk in there, and there's like a, a bench on either side, and uh, there's just five of us. And uh, so we sit down and and um, chopper revs up, and we take off. And on the way to an insertion, it was never planned or or, or talked about, but it just worked out that way, where nobody said anything, man. Hmm. Everybody's quiet with their own thoughts and thinking whatever you're thinking, and and nothing spoken, no no banter, no kidding around, no nothing. Nobody spoke. And uh, when 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 our mission was over and we were getting extracted, that chopper'd come in and a ramp would drop, and we'd run run into that as soon as the chopper was in the air. Everybody start talking at the same time and wouldn't shut up and wouldn't shut up, man. It would just be relief. The 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 that stress just gone uh from not talking to 
couldn't talk enough. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. and I never really noticed it until I, after it was all done. And I thought, man, that's weird. Yeah. You know? That's so I, I'm very curious to, you know, you get inserted in and you're walking through the jungle. How terrifying is each step? Every branch breaking, every leaf slapping against you. How terrifying is that? One Knowing turn, the enemy is surrounding you 360 degrees. One turn, fine, you're gone. Uh, we, 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 we use stealth. Yeah. There, there wasn't branches snapping against us, and, and, uh, and uh, we moved slow. Mm. But, but, and we were painted up. We, we, we looked like a bush. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, if uh, if you, I mean, you could be close by to uh, the enemy, and and if you weren't moving, chances are they wouldn't see you. How close did you get? But from me to you, that's incredible. And 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 and, and uh, um, I tell you something. I, I I I grew up. My dad was was a big outdoorsman. Mm. Loved to hunt and loved to fish, and 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 we grew up hunting and fishing. Me, and my little brother, and uh, I, uh, I, I came back from Vietnam, and he had a he had, he had gotten an old World War II Italian Mauser, and, and he had a, all the wood re, redone, uh, all. The steel reblued and everything, and he and he had a scope minored on it, and uh, he took his. I took that Mauser, and we went out to the range and sighted it in. But uh, I, when I got back from the war, I, I, uh, I never hunted again, man. You know, it was just it, it. it, once you've hunted people, shooting defenseless animals is no sport, man. I'm, uh, you know, and, and, uh, but, and, and, yeah. and that, uh, that brings me up to, uh, uh, I, di- I didn't know, uh, I'll tell you a little story, man, because it doesn't involve any violence or anything, man. It's not gruesome, but we, uh, we had a mission, and uh, the team leader was a guy named Sergeant Baker. And uh, he gets us out there, and he gets us together, and he said, look, this is my last patrol in Vietnam. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to be KIA my last patrol here. He says, what we're going to do after we're inserted, he says, we're going to hump for about a day, get far from the LZ. He said, we're going to find us a hide. And he said, we're going to lay up for the next four or five days. And uh, I don't want no contact of any kind. <laughs> so uh, that's what we did, man. And uh, we were, we, you know, we set up in a diamond formation. It was a five-man team. He was he was in the center. And uh, it, it just, you know, the, the only thing difficult for me was staying awake. Um, the heat. Stuff you know you tend to nod out, but uh, I, uh, I I was a big deer hunter, and, and I, I I haven't hunted deer since we got back. For one 
big reason, man. And and I have a special place in my heart for access deer. I, I never knew what an act was. I I was used to whitetail. Hmm. But uh an axis has these spots like fawns, mm-hmm. but but they're adult deer. And uh so anyway, I'm I'm sitting there in my hide, just I mean, listening and 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 looking. I see the, you know, branches and bushes move, moving and uh move some more and move some more and I, I really got uh hunched down behind my ruck and uh got my weapon all aimed in that direction and uh a deer stepped out of that, you know, brush. And it was it was an adult, but he had these spots like fawns, and I'd never seen that. Hmm. I, I, I knew it wasn't a fawn. He's too damn big, but uh, I, I didn't know what kind of deer it was, man. I didn't know that till years later up in the hill country. They told me that's an axis. But uh, he, uh, uh, he came out of that, you know, brush area and start munching and uh, wandering around. And and uh, he he looked right at me, couldn't see, couldn't see me. And, and I, I guess he didn't smell me either, but uh, he, uh, he, he just kept munching away, man, and, and move a little here, move a little there. And I'm just watching him and uh, not moving. And all of a sudden, his ears come up and his head came up and he he took off. He bounded away, man. And and I thought, somebody out here and uh, that, that, that he since smelled or heard or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got... I got already a hunker down man put something in front of me and and hunger down and sure enough uh bush moved again and and uh there was a NVA soldier moved out of the brush looked around went up that way came back went down that way came back and we're back in the bush and uh he comes out him and and two other uh, MBA and uh, one goes that way, one goes this way, and he starts walking towards I am, and uh, and 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 they, you know, I I, I thought, man, he ain't gonna walk, he ain't gonna get close to me, man, you know, and and I, he kept walking and wouldn't stop and wouldn't stop, and I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking, man, I, if I blow him away, I'm gonna. Uh, 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 expose our position to the enemy, not necessarily our positions, but they're going to know we're here. Yeah. And uh, we, you know, compromise a mission. But really, we weren't on a mission. We were just hiding out. So uh, uh, he got pretty close. Uh, Not as close as me and you. That was another thing. But he got about from here to the door, and uh, I thought if he keeps walking, he's he's bound to see me. He's going to see me sooner or later. He's going to see me, man. So, uh, yeah. so I I opened up, and uh, as soon as I fired, 
rest of the team opened up and, and, you know, and it, it, uh, it turned out, man, it just, uh, the just enemy just fluttered out of that, uh, on that shrub. So, uh, so we had a, a fight on our hands. We call it a mad minute. It's like everybody's rocking and rolling full automatic, man. And within a minute, you know, everybody's dead or running and, 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 and you're back to where you were. But, uh, I, I always thought to myself, you know, I owe that axis deer, you know, my life for, 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 uh, for alerting me to the enemy. So I've, I've, I've never hunted deer since. And, and, uh, Special place in my heart for the axes deer, man. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, that's uh, your spirit animal, man. Yeah, it is. I, I never looked at it like that. You're right. Yeah, yeah, that right. is, man. That is right. your Patronus for your Harry <laughs> Potter fans. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> I, I mean, I, 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 that's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. And that that was your last operation. No, that that was that was his his last. That, that was Sergeant Baker's last patrol or last mission in Vietnam. Mm. Yeah, and. uh Soon as we completed the mission and got back to Quezon, he was flying out to Da Nang and then out of the country. Hmm. So he he was gone. That is incredible. And yeah. how, how much longer were you? I, I'd been in country maybe 10, 11 months at that time. But how, how much more did you have remaining? The Marine Corps do, uh, Marines do 13 months. Okay. Everybody did a year in Vietnam. Everybody. Air Force, Navy, Army, uh, but Marine Corps being Marine Corps, <laughs> we did 13 months. We had one month on those. Had to do it. <laughs> had to do it. I mean, that is insanity. So, you know, you still had some time in country. You're right. Left, yeah. So and, I kept going out. And uh, any, how was the experience for the last stint of your time? I, I I patrolled. I came off my last mission. I think I had something like six days left in country. Uh, it flew me down or denying. I spent three days there and I was gone. Hmm. So it, it was. And how were how were you received when you came back? Yeah, it, it was funny. We 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 spent three days in Okinawa. Hmm. And they, 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 they cleaned us up. Uh, you know, we showered, you know, took away all that stuff and tried to wash all the dirt and everything else off of us and gave us brand new uniforms. Mm. Uh, gave us all the correct ribbons that we were due and, and uh, they got us, they made us presentable. Got all our shots and everything. And then uh, flew us. From Okinawa, it was a commercial jet with stewardesses, flew us, and uh, we flew into Marine Corps Air Station at uh, El Toro, Marine Corps Air Station in Anaheim, California. Okay. And uh, we spent, we landed there, it must have been about 2, 3 in the morning, and uh, bases asleep, and uh, they we got on buses, they, they took us to the mess hall. And and they had steak and eggs for everybody, and uh, steak to order. And uh, man, we'd been eating 
twice a day and there were sea rations. Mm-hmm. And uh, man, that was just uh, anything you wanted to drink, they had, but no alcohol. And and uh, so we we got showered up, we got cleaned up, uh, we ate real good meal, and uh, we boarded buses, and everybody was headed out to uh, Los Angeles International. <laughs> and uh, from there, we scattered. Everybody headed all over the country. Mm. And uh, I, I remember being on, uh, getting on that bus, and you really couldn't see out of the bus. It's like a prison bus, man, I'm thinking. Uh, at the time, I didn't know what a prison bus was, but uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was like uh, maybe slits, you know, less than an inch and, and, and about seven, eight inches apart. You couldn't see a whole lot. And uh, we, 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 we got to the front gate and, uh, you know, the guards there, they checked to do whatever. So we're headed to the airport. And as soon as we pulled out of the gate and left government property and got onto civilian property, mm-hmm. there's this group of people out there at that time of the night, all these signs and stuff, and we really couldn't see outside. And uh, I thought it was a welcome home thing, right? So uh, um, I'm trying to see, and, and what it was was a, a, a group of uh, anti-war people that had all kinds of signs, and, and they're, they're, you know, yelling obscenities at us, and uh, they start uh, throwing stuff. And 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 I, I found out that's why the windows were set up that way. Yeah. Uh, uh, everything from vegetables to rotten eggs to paper sacks full of uh, full of shit, bottles of uh, a piss. Uh, just man, peppered the bus with all that shit. And uh, and uh, man, I I I remember running up to the bus driver, man, yelling for him to stop the bus, stop the bus. And he says, for what? And I said, I'm going to kill one of these motherfuckers. <laughs> and uh, he uh, he said, can't do it. He said, I got my orders. He said, my orders don't stop for nobody, for nothing. How old are you at this time? Huh? How old are you? Uh, I spent my 21st and 22nd birthday over there. <laughs> so I was 22. And and, uh, and and that was my welcome home. <laughs> here, here, here you think you were serving your country valiantly. And losing your buddies left and right. And you get home and this is how you're treated. Yeah. How did, I mean, you must have been heartbroken. Oh, I was pissed. Yeah. It was just some anger, like a rage. Yeah. And and, and what are you going to do with that? After all this time, they've ta- taught you how to use that anger is to kill. And that's how you're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 th- th- that carried over to when I got home. I, I, I didn't run it. I didn't have that experience in San Antonio. My mom and dad and my girlfriend met me at the airport and and uh and I went home but but that that carried over that anger that rage I was telling Dan my first eight nine ten months home after the war i I must have got into seventy five fights or so man I was just just Full of rage. Yeah. And, and with no outlet. Yeah. No. And no one to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. So uh uh 
I, I didn't know. Uh, I was starting to think, man, what the fuck's wrong with me, man? You know? Yeah. It, yeah you when know, you have the whole world telling you that you're wrong yeah, and you're just out of place now. Yeah. So I, I didn't fit in yeah. anymore, Dave. And, and that blew me away, man. I, 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 my girlfriend, we were out at uh, Woodlawn Lake. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I was on a Sunday and, uh, and uh, um, she introduced me. She uh, just, come on, just come on. I want to introduce you to a friend. Mm-hmm. So she, she drags me over to this guy, biker looking dude. And you know, with the beard and he, he might've had a tattoo or two, but he was wearing colors of some sort. And uh, she, uh, she runs up to him and says, hey, so-and-so, I want you to meet my boyfriend. He's a Marine. Man, the guy looked at me <laughs> from my feet up, up, up to the top of my head. And he says, oh, you're one of them badasses. Man, I throw chopped him as soon as he said that, man. And then, <laughs> man, he went da- and down and, and, and I started in on him. I, girlfriend is stopped when she was trying to pull me off of him, man. Stop, you're going to kill him. And anyway, man, we left, but that's, that's, give me an outlet for that rage. And man, I'm on you, man. And it it was just, uh, it was like that for months, man. A year or so, man. Just uh, no, uh, no, no, no outlet. Uh, I, I kept seeing headlines and TV News stories about some crazy Vietnam met shoot killing people and blowing people away and stuff, and I never got to that point to where I wanted to pick up a rifle and just shoot people. Yeah, but uh, man, I sure felt like beating the shit out of him, man. You know, and and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, it, it was strange. I I, I just. We're overwhelmed by that hatred and that feeling of being displaced. Yeah, my, uh, I, I almost, I almost didn't get married. My girlfriend said, "Fuck's wrong with you, man?" Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, and and I didn't have an answer, you know. Yeah, and then when enough people start saying that, you start yeah. believing it, right? Yeah. And then you start yeah. doubting yourself. Yeah. Well, I uh, no, I I I never. I never started thinking, well, I did, but it took took a while. And that anger faded a bit. And I started thinking, man, there's something wrong with me, man, mm-hmm. you know. But I couldn't tell you what it was, you know. And, and it was, yeah, yeah, there were doubts and, and, uh, and stuff. I, I, I chose to handle it by uh, doing drugs. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I was an addict for about four and a half decades. Went through all those dark places, in and out of penitentiary, the whole bit. And uh, it's been April 12th was 17 years I've been clean and sober, man. Congratulations, so, dude. So, uh, but it As took you. me forever. It took me forever. Uh, because the drugs anesthetized and numbed me out yep. to where there were no nightmares there were no flashback. There was nothing, man. Yeah. It, it, it worked magic. And I was able to go through uh, all those years without a breakdown of any kind. Mm-hmm. And 
and it wasn't until 85, I heard about the vet centers and I uh, checked one of them out. And uh, it just, I, did, I didn't, as first time I'd heard PTSD, I didn't even know what that was. Yeah. But uh, there was no help available. Back then, the only people helping Vietnam vets were other Vietnam vets. Yeah. It, it was us against everybody. Mm -hmm. The government didn't help at all. Yeah. And and uh, it just, uh, we, we uh, started seeing suicides. It, 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 I personally had six friends. Not that I met in the, in the military, but knew I'd hear that were Vietnam veterans that committed suicide. Six of them. Uh, I was telling Dan, you know, it was so sad that 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 uh, so many uh, got to that point where they considered suicide the only solution. Mm -hmm. But there was no other way, man. You know, you couldn't, there was no help. And, and I, I can totally get that isolation that everybody feels. Yeah. And, you know, the whole point of the military is to break down your sense of purpose and create an entity that kills people and they right. don't teach you how to turn that off. Yep. And now you're alone. Now, what, and, what are the other options? And, to stay and, in a world and, where everybody hates you? Uh, that, that was, you know, pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the drugs took all, all of that away. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have to deal with any of it. And um, I, 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 I think that was the biggest ar arguments um, 30, 35 years after the fact when I filed a claim for PTSD. It had been about 40 years. And, uh, and, uh, and they, uh, they, you know, they, they didn't want to give it to me. It, it, it's like, uh, um, he doesn't have a, he doesn't have PTSD. He's an addict. He's got a drug problem and that's what it is. And, uh, the flip coin of that, I had people advocating, yeah, he's a drug addict. That's the only reason he's been able to survive for this long. Yep. You know, uh, uh, PT to avoid the 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 feeling the everything else that comes with it, and um, eventually I did get uh, PT PTSD disability rating, but it, it was a fight, it was a struggle. Uh, just uh, that that whole Vietnam experience. If I had to do it over. I wouldn't, but I'm really glad that I did. Hmm. You know, I, 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 I'm glad I was there. I, I did what my country asked me to do. I uh, did my duty. Uh, I'm very proud of my service. I don't apologize for anything I did in Vietnam, but I'd have to be crazy to want to go through that again, man. <laughs> you know, absolutely. So absolutely, uh, yeah. But uh, I love my country. You know, and and uh, I uh, I think once you you fought for this 
freedom that we have, man, you don't take it lightly. You know, it it's not free. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there there there's a price that has been paid. And uh you know, I I, I think I think we're losing sight of that, man. You know? Yeah. But uh so uh yeah, that that whole experience. I'm 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 glad I did it, but I wouldn't do it again. I've heard veterans say, "Yeah, man, I'd go back." I don't know, and they must not seen what I saw. You know, uh, it uh, now if it meant uh, if they were attack, attacking our country, yeah, in a minute, you know, just in a flash, I'd be there, hmm. but. Uh, not to go halfway around the world, uh, Afghanistan, Iraq, Vietnam, and and uh, and and not. Uh, I, I have no idea what the combat situations were in Iraq and uh, Afghanistan, but uh, uh, I've yet to hear of a really uplifting, positive combat experience. Man, you know, yeah, it just don't work that way. Yeah. Different, different time, different generation. Sixteen hundred Marines died on one operation. Well, no, that was sixteen hundred casualties. Sixteen hundred. Yeah, yeah, that that included dead, and wounded. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't remember. Regardless, that is a mass casualty yeah, that rate that we have not seen. And to coming back home, we were not treated that way, and that has to do with the way that our Vietnam veterans were treated. Mm -hmm. They literally, and I'll say this again, paved the way for our, for the future generations Mm -hmm. to have the support they need. And now, honestly, it's coming to light, you know, post-traumatic stress and dealing with that, transitioning out of the military and how we could help these guys reintegrate back into society Mm -hmm. is all based upon what you guys have done and what you guys experienced. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that some good has come out of it. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, you didn't ex- get to experience that good. Yeah. But you have amazing people like Daniel Vargas here. Yeah, exactly. Um, who makes sure that our heroes are taken care of. Because yeah. guess what? You are a hero. And that's how we are going to treat you. Well, thank I you. Agree. Yeah. I, mean, I don't feel like a hero, but, you know, uh, it uh, it is what it is. I... I, uh, I'm truly, truly grateful, uh, for people like Dan and his organization and for people like yourselves that, uh, that provide a, an outlet to, to, for Vietnam veterans <coughs> to have their voice heard, uh, uh, I I I'm glad to see our troops being treated, being being given the respect that that they deserve. Yeah. You know, and and uh, and and it wasn't always like that. So I'm I'm truly glad to see it. You know, thank you for your service, and you thank, you for yours. And, uh, thank you for yours. And uh, so it it, and I really mean that, man. Uh, we 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 were on the front lines fighting for freedom and uh, the front line of of this fight, you know, and 
we're going to be in this for a long, for the long haul, for a long while, man. I, 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 I just think the, uh, there's the, the, the terrorist, the, um, Islamic fanatics, uh, the extremists, uh, will never lay it down, lay it down. And the Muslim world will never like Americans. I, I don't care what we do or say. It ain't going to happen. You know, it's just people in lots of different places hate Americans. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's their problem. Well, thank God we have the United States Marine Corps. <laughs> and people like you that made sure Hoorah. to pave the way. Bless the Marine Corps, man. So, hey, it has been incredible having you on this show. I'd like to have you on again. Yeah, absolutely. And I would like to discuss, you know, the treatment a little bit more in depth. Okay. And how we can avoid these issues in the future and teach some of our veterans out there who are struggling themselves what to do next and how to reach people like Daniel Vargas and yourselves and how we can connect to share these stories. So... Sure. Awesome having you on this on the show. Great Thank hearing you. your stories. Thank um, you for having me. You also saved the lives of generations of Atlas deer as well, <laughs> <laughs> which is incredible. So thanks so much for being on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for your time today, Jesse. Um, D- Dave and I, uh, from this standpoint, you know, we could not thank your generation enough for all that you guys endured and continue to endure for years. It, it set the precedent for You're welcome. What we're able to come back to now. Yeah. So. Truly from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And uh, You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Well, this has been the Medevac Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, keeping out for the next episode with Jesse Herrera. We'll uh, have him back on very soon, hopefully. All right. All right. Bye. Take care.